Coming up on Studio Berlin. Also ich glaube, in erster Linie müssen wir Frauen die Machtfrage stellen. I think first of all, we women have to address the question of power. This is about the distribution of power. As long as we don't do this, nothing will change. nicht tun, wird sich auch nichts ändern. Despite several initiatives and changes to laws, Germany's gender pay gap remains among the largest in Europe. In Germany, über Geld spricht man nicht. You just don't talk about money. You want to change a society, we have to talk about these issues. We'll explore some of the persistent obstacles to gender equality facing today's women and the budding female leaders of tomorrow. We've been sold this story that, you know, you can do anything, everyone's equal. And I think they get slammed when they notice the gender pay gap or what happens when they're in the working world. In honor of International Women's Day, we'll hear from some of the women pushing for greater gender equality and take a look at where Germany might be headed next. Coming up on Studio Berlin. Welcome to Studio Berlin, our weekly current affairs show here on 104.1 FM, KCRW Berlin. Each week we bring you a closer look at issues shaping our lives here in Germany's capital. This week we're talking about International Women's Day, which is on March 8th. We're taking a look at how far Germany has come on the topic of gender equality, what still needs to be done if real equality is to become a pillar of German culture. Joining me today to discuss gender equality is Dr. Stephanie Bickert with BPW. BPW is an international network of business professional women advocating for the needs of women in the workplace and pushing for equal pay for equal work. Also joining us in the studio is Dr. Tina Limberd, co-founder of Girls Gearing Up International Leadership Academy, an initiative in Berlin working to empower young women and teach leadership skills. Welcome to you both. Thanks, Nikki. Thanks for the invite. Stephanie, tell me a bit about BPW, Business Professional Women. It's one of the oldest women organizations, actually, founded in the U.S. and advocating for women in the workplace, which is a wide topic. And here in Germany, we have uh, clubs all over Germany, where women can meet, mentor each other, but can also push for political and social change. And we are best known for the Equal Pay Day initiative, which we started in 2008 in Germany. Okay, and Tina, Girls Gearing Up, how did that come about? What do you do and why did you launch the Academy? So I'm an educational psychologist, and I know the impact that you can have in a short period of time making a difference in kids' lives with a summer camp model. So we like to bring girls from all over the world, ages 13 to 17, and teach them leadership skills, build their confidence levels, and inspire them by introducing them to role model women who work in all different sectors in the world. We envision a world in which girls and women from all different cultures can come together to embark on their own journeys and make a positive impact. Okay, and Stephanie, BPW focuses heavily on the gender pay gap. How far has Germany come? There are some laws that have changed. What still needs to be done? Well, we haven't come that far because we have one of the highest pay gaps in Europe currently, which is at 21%. And the European average is it's just over 16%. 16%. Yeah. And there are several, I think it ranges from about 8%. And Germany has consistently been in the bottom 3 to 4% among all EU countries when yeah. it comes to having the largest gender pay gap. Absolutely. Yeah, it only dropped 2% since 2006, so there hasn't been much change. I mean, equality is in the constitutional law, but there's still a way to go. Women are facing discriminations as other minorities do as well in daily life and in the workplace especially. 
I think a lot of the girls that we work with, like they've been, especially girls in in Europe and in the U.S., we've been sold this story that, you know, you can do anything, everyone's equal. And I think they get slammed when they notice the gender pay gap or what happens when they're in the working world, you know, a few years in. I don't think that they recognize what's coming at them. Yeah, but they get slammed as well if they find out that you can have it all. It's not really working. Yeah. That's what I mean, because they're they're very much sold this narrative. Oh, yeah. feminism, we don't really need that so much yeah. anymore. We're equal. It's not like in the old days. Yeah. What exactly can be done to change this? I mean, do do new laws make a difference? Well, I think they do. But what we need to do is also, as Christina is doing with her initiative, look at stereotypes and role models, because uh, the gender pay gap is as high, because women drop out of work to do care work for the elderly, to raise kids. And when they come back, they work part-time. And this all adds up to a wide difference in pay and then adds up to a, an even wider difference in pension. So we do not value the work women do for free as much on a monetary level. And they get penalized in the workplace for caring and raising kids. And this really does seem to be part of the real heart of this discussion because the gender pay gap is not as great for women who don't have children. But for families, they are penalized. And the norms of society are that women are the ones who take more of a role in rearing the children, step in and out of the workplace in order to do that, stay home when the child is sick. But if women are earning so much less on paper, it's really, for most families, the only thing that makes sense. Do you think higher incomes really will make a difference in closing this gap and creating more equal opportunities for women? In order to make change, what we talk about a lot at Girls Gearing Up is you have to see it to be it. And having men as role models, taking parental leave, having kids see their dads in carer roles, having um, a colleague see their boss take parental leave, making a cultural change like that, both in the workplace, but also having children see different kinds of parenting and different kinds of work models can really make a big difference. Absolutely. I mean, BPW and the Equal Pay Day looks at the issue from economic perspective. Money makes the world go round. So your question was if higher pay is going to change something. And I think it will because we have to somehow force companies to make sure that culture change happens. I mean, if we switch it around and all the men stay at home and um, cater to kids and elderly's needs, we still will have a gender pay gap, but the other way around. So what we are talking about is we need culture change in a very broad sense. We need to talk about how do we want to live? How do we want to raise our kids? Do we want to work 40 hours plus? And both gender need to address that and just make sure that we as a society factor in that there's not only work, but there's also a life besides that. And that really needs to be addressed because a lot of cultural norms and family norms have changed, but workplace norms are kind of frozen in time from many decades ago when you did have generally a two-parent household, one person staying home doing the very full-time job of running the household and looking after the offspring, and the other person going and bringing home the funding that finances the whole operation. And that's no longer what we're seeing with, with many families. Absolutely. It's not what women want. It's not what men want. You also have to look at it from the perspective of men who don't like new times for them as well. They also want to stay at home with the kids. They also want to see them grow up. And we just need to make sure that we cater to those needs. 
We'll talk more about this and take a look at what initiatives are in place right now and what changes are underway that might bring a difference to gender equality in Germany. You're listening to Studio Berlin, our current affairs show here on KCRW Berlin. We'll be back after a short break. It's 1982, and Marlene is a successful career woman in Margaret Thatcher's England. Uh, there's personal assistant to a top executive in a multinational. Is that where you want to be in 10 years? I can't think about 10 years. Well, you haven't got the speeds anyway. Top Girls by Carol Churchill. Next time on L.A. Theatre Works. Catch L.A. Theatre Works, Sunday nights at 7 on KCRW Berlin. Welcome back to Studio Berlin on 104.1 FM. I'm Nikki Matzen, and we are talking about gender equality in Germany. How far has Germany come, and in what ways are women still discriminated against, or even penalized for being female? I'm here with Dr. Stephanie Beekert with BPW, an international network of business professional women advocating, among other things, for equal pay for equal work. Also with us is Dr. Tina Limbird, co-founder of Girls Gearing Up, an initiative in Berlin working to empower young women from around the world. Tina, let me start with you. How early should we be starting to teach young women to be empowered? I would say you can't start early enough. I mean, from the time a child is born, they're being gendered and given specific ideas of what kind of person they can be or should be. I saw some alphabet letter blocks recently, and there was the pink version with A is for apple and B is for blossom. And the boys' blue version was A is for astronaut, E is for explorer. When kids are four and five years old, they already have gender stereotyped ideas of what kind of careers they should have. And that's not because it's been explicitly taught to them. It's the images they see. So we can be very explicit and intentional about how we talk to kids and be very intentional about the pictures and the models we're showing them. There's an excellent series of books called Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls, but I would argue it's not for girls, it's for children, showing both boys and girls the amazing work that girls are doing around the world and that women have played in history. Okay, and Stephanie, we know that around the world, in many countries, we have more young women graduating from universities with great degrees, and we know that when men and women first enter the workforce, there's very little gap in the types of salaries that they receive. When they get into their 30s, it takes the biggest hit, which is when many young women become mothers. What can you say about that? It's true. I mean, this is where the, the biggest dip happens if you become a mother and if you decide to care for your children. But, I mean, the equal pay day is not only equal pay for equal work, but also for work of equal value. So if you look at the reasons for the gender pay gap, you have part-time work and you have the reason that women work in fields that were usually not paid because women did it for free, like care work and um, educators, things like that. And this is where simply questions to us as a society arise as well, because, for example, we have data now showing us that if you're paid care work and you move people around, your work is as heavy is usually a man job in the industry, moving machine parts around. So it's the same type of heavy work. So what we should ask us as a society is, why do we pay the care work that much less money do, than yeah. the other fields? And that's an important point. I mean, women are, we could say, disproportionately responsible to see that people are cared for in ways that are beneficial to society. And then they wind up poor 
when they retire, what can be changed so that we value women's roles in society more, whatever path they choose? We know that when women grow into a career field that the salaries tend to go down. And I think when there are positions that are paid for by the government, such as teaching positions and early child care workers and all sorts of care workers, if those salaries were higher, then you'd be attracting a larger range of people. There would be a more equal balance between men and women in those caring and educating positions. And that would start to even things out. Absolutely. I mean, it starts with stereotyping as well, because we have the stereotype, especially in Germany, and this is also why the pay gap is so high, of the mother ideal. So women are inherently willing to do that type of work, and they're doing it without needing much of being appreciated for it, without needing much pay. This is a stereotype that's It's almost ahead. demanded that, that you're Absolutely. just happy with doing a lot of routine tasks that take a lot of effort, also going out and having either a part-time or a full-time job and just doing it all effortlessly without ever complaining and still having more to give. And then also the sandwich generation, where many people see themselves not only caring for young children, but also caring for their parents. What is being done right now in Germany that could close the gender gap? I mean, pay-wise, we had the transparency law where still a lot needs to be done. We just had the evaluation saying, first of all, the law is not really applicable to a lot of women because it's only applicable to certain companies. Um, yeah, just to discuss the transparency law, it's the Entgelt-Transparenz-Gesetz. Basically allows employees of companies with more than 200 employees to know what their peers in similar positions are earning in Germany. And usually women are working in smaller companies. And we don't really know how, if you have the information about your pay, how this is going to end up if you really get higher pay in the end, or if you have to go to court, etc., etc. So the law needs to be adjusted. But what it did already, and this is good, is that people started to talk about money because we have the stigma in Germany as well, über Geld spricht man nicht. You just don't talk about money. And it's important that we, as we say, if we want to have cultural change, we want to change society, we have to talk about these issues. We have to talk about our pay and just make sure men and women join forces. Many young girls want to do something to make the world a better place. And what we try to do with Girls Gearing Up is show that there is many different ways to make an impact from showing them that if you are the CEO of a large company, you can change the policies within your company to have better parental leave. You can make an impact by having changing the sustainability policies within a large company. We try to open up their vision of ways to be caring, of ways to help people. You know, if we want to talk about real equality, then we also need to make it a realistic option that women who want to care for their own children, rather than being away at a 40 plus hour work week and having others take care of their kids, that that should be a viable option as well. Is that being addressed enough in Germany? We get that a lot. What I would say is you can't be it if you can see it. And we just don't have enough women in top positions. We have a lot of women at the Spielplatz and catering to the kids' needs. So I would say that model is there. We do need those women on top to be role models. And we have the other option as well. And also, I think men are starting to understand the issue more from their own perspective, because as more families have gone the path of looking to share tasks equally and have both parents work, you know, fathers who are doing drop-offs and pickups and staying home during sick days, they realize they can't put in a legitimate 40-hour work week and also be there for their kids. 
and taking care of all the other needs, making sure they get a healthy meal, getting them into bed and bathed, all of that. They realize it. The more that they're doing it, the more that they realize it. Yeah, definitely. We'll get more into how women negotiate in the workplace, as well as negotiating different roles in the home. And we also will speak with this year's recipient of the Berliner Frauen Prize. We'll be back after a short break right here on Studio Berlin 104.1 FM. On Wait, Wait last week, the upside of a pandemic. As an Asian person with yes. a cold right now, I have to say, I've never felt more powerful in an airport. Uh, <laughs> sneezing while making eye contact with white women, getting the, the whole road to myself. That's fabulous. I'm Peter Sagel. Join us as we make light of whatever disaster is coming next on this week's Wait, Wait from NPR. Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, every Sunday on KCRW Berlin. Welcome back to Studio Berlin on 104.1 FM. I'm Nikki Matzen, and in honor of International Women's Day, we're talking about gender equality in Germany. We're going to take a closer look at initiatives that are working to close the gender gap and create equal opportunities for both men and women. I'm here with Dr. Stephanie Bickert with BPW, an international network of business professional women advocating for equal pay. Also with us is Tina Limberg. She's the co-founder of Girls Gearing Up, an initiative in Berlin working to empower young women from around the world. And we're also pleased to be joined in the studio by Yvonne Budenholzer. She's the director of Berliner Theatertreffen, one of the most highly regarded theater competitions in the world of German language theater. Yvonne Budenholzer is also this year's recipient of the Berliner Frauen Prize. The Berlin Women's Prize is awarded annually to one woman in the city who is making an outstanding contribution to gender equality. Welcome to you all. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Yvonne, you received this year's Berliner Frauenpreis. Tell me a bit about why. Also ich bekomme den Berliner Frauenpreis 2020 verliehen für mein Engagement in der Gleichstellung. So I've been awarded the 2020 Berlin Women's Prize for my commitment to equality in the performing arts. More specifically, I run the Berliner Theatertreffen. It was started in 1964. It's a festival where the achievements of theater directors are honored and awarded. And in the entire history of the festival until 2019, only 11.8% of the directors were women. These figures, which I have looked at again and again, while also looking where women stand overall in the theater business, led me to set this clear signal to establish a women's quota of a minimum of 50% within the festival selection for the next two years. And why did you find that important? There was a turning point for me last year where I thought, we always hide behind declarations of intent. We always hide behind excuses like, you can't find enough women. Some formulate the line further to say, you can't find voices representing minorities or marginalized perspectives. But these are just excuses. And this was for me the exact issue I found I wanted to change, and not somehow informally, but officially. And that's why a quota is such a helpful instrument to really make a difference. Okay, and this is the first year. Are you seeing any difference so far? 
Die Jury hat jetzt deutlich mehr Regisseure. The jury has now been exposed to many more female directors. It wasn't difficult at all to find these female directors, and the quota has already been exceeded in the first year. We are showing ten productions, of which six are by women directors. There has been a lot of criticism about the introduction of the quota. Many said it wouldn't be possible to find five productions done by women, and that the women would only be invited because there is a quota now. But that is definitely not the case. Okay, and Tina and Stephanie, we are told that there aren't enough qualified women who can lead at the top. What do you have to say when you hear that? Something we talk about at Girls Gearing Up is what is the feminine model of leadership? What does a female leader look like? And we discuss with the girls that they're the ones who are coming up with that model. They're the first generation who are going to be the six out of ten. They're the ones where we're seeing this tipping point. Like this generation of girls is growing up with role models like Malala and Greta Thunberg and, and Serena Williams. And their perception of what being a leader is is going to be vastly different from what our generation's was. So I'm incredibly optimistic. Stephanie, what do you have to say when people say there aren't enough women to fill the top roles? I would say it's simply not true. Once we start having quotas and once we start thinking about the unconscious bias that's in all of us, that we think we rather have a man which is more competent and that's ingrained in me and in you as well. And once we start challenging that, we will even find more women. Behind every great woman is a hand reaching to pull a sister up. It's our responsibility as we grow within our organizations to continue to pull our sisters up. Yvonne, let me ask you, what do you personally think is most important when you look at the issue of gender equality? I think first of all, we women have to address the question of power. Because in the end, this is about the distribution of power, about the distribution of privileges, positions, funding. As long as we don't do this, nothing will change. Stephanie, you're helping to organize an equal payday, which is coming up this month on March 17th. Why is it happening on March 17th? Equal payday is, so to say, a symbol for the gender pay gap, which is 21%. And 21% of 365 days is 77 days. And so you end up on March 17th. And it's a symbol to say that women haven't earned anything till March 17th. While so basically they're working for free working symbolically for free. till yeah. mid-March. Yeah. yeah. And what about negotiations? This is something we always get saying, well, if women would only negotiate better, they would get higher pay. And it's simply not true. The unconscious bias is also that women don't value money as much as men do, that they don't want to go up to high-level positions. So we want to shed light on the myth that women don't want to negotiate and that they are bad negotiators because they negotiate differently, but not worse than men. And I think another thing that affects women in that regard is a gap in confidence that we see um, in studies from starting at age seven all the way through your early 40s, that women have a dramatic gap in confidence compared to, to men. And that's something that we're working with at Girls Gearing Up is to boost girls' confidence, help them believe in themselves and believe that they have the same right to equal pay or good paying jobs. But the question you can ask is, why do women have to change? You know, there's a gap in confidence. Okay. But um, it's reminiscent of other issues, too. Like if we're talking about violence and rape, that women have to be changing their behaviors rather than bringing up and raising men in other ways. And all the studies are there. If women know, you know, this is how negotiations are happening. This is the pay 
I can get, then they negotiate as good as men. Okay, and Tina, looking forward into the future, what do you think the young women of today will contribute in the future? And do you think that society will view their contributions any differently than we do now? The girls we work with, I see as incredibly woke. They are so aware of the global and political issues surrounding them. They are passionate about the impact they're going to make on the planet. Um, they understand intersectionality in a way that our generation has not. They understand the importance of diversity and bringing in all different voices in order to make a positive impact. And I think that that's slowly being recognized. That's it for this week's Studio Berlin. Thank you so much to Stephanie Bickert with BPW Business Professional Women. Also, Tina Limbird with Girls Gearing Up and Yvonne Budenholzer with Berliner Theatertreffen. Thank you all for being here. Thanks so Thank much, you. Nikki. Thanks. I'm Nikki Matson, your host this week on Studio Berlin. You can catch more episodes and engage in discussions on the topics we cover. Simply connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to have your say. Thanks for listening to Studio Berlin, our weekly current affairs show, You're on KCRW Berlin. Have a great week.